This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. And with me today, of course, is Hans, my co-host, co-star of Mass Day Lottery, a major motion picture released by Forgotten Genres, directed by yours truly. How you doing, Hans? Pretty good. Uh, I keep getting asked if this is going to go to theaters. Uh, yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. Warner Brothers is putting this movie. Didn't you tell them that? It's a 20th Century Studios production. Well, what I've been saying is that I'm going to steal it and just play it in Costa Rican theaters without telling you anything and just pocket the money. That would be good. Yeah, and it'll have the same quality as Stan's uh, photo <laughs> of you that he posted. I don't know how the fuck he had that. Can we just pull that up real quick? Yeah. Um, so... We released the trailer today as of the day that we're recording this. Um, actually, it was up last night, <clears throat> August 17th, 2022, on the Forgotten Genres website, ForgottenGenres.com slash MSL, all lowercase. Uh, the exclusive second trailer to Mass State Lottery, which features all sorts of new footage from the shoot we conducted back in November 2021, which we had to fundraise. And uh, it's been getting a lot of good attention uh people really seem to be vibing with the trailer so here's you and this is yeah i like that we're kicking off the show without showing like a good clean still of it which everyone else saw but ston somehow this is the version of the trailer he got look at all those artifacts look at those pixels there yeah he took a picture with his razor phone Mm -hmm. off the screen i guess he's cathode ray tube tv it's uh, it's it's great. This is very 144p. You had to like put it in the lowest picture quality to get this sort of result. Can we? All right, you want to pull up the actual trailer and and just maybe you did your own screen cap of this this moment, uh, just in passing. I think it's right at the very end, more or less. Um, and it looks, I assure you guys, nothing like that. Now we just have to hope that whatever Hans pulls up with his internet, will look better than that. Otherwise, this is going to be very foolish. <laughs> Hold on, let me find it first. Uh, it's close to the end, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right okay. before um, the title sequence and the little button at the very end. So, it's been an exciting day. I was working all night last night, going back and forth with Kid Polaroid, Kyle Miller, the composer, sound designer, and uh, now assistant editor of Mass State Lottery, trying to get this thing perfect. And at a certain point, I had it uploaded like 75% to YouTube. And mind you, this is a massive file. Okay, all right, so here you go. Maybe he tried to like brighten it and it just like brought out the very worst artifacts. I don't know. But this is like a, a nice spooky image of Hans. And that, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's uh, Stan's version of Mass State Lottery. So there you go. It's like, it's like uh, one of those AI uh, pictures. Like if you asked it to do, I don't know, like an oil painting of a, <laughs> of a creepy old vampire or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, yeah. All right. And uh, anyway, as I was saying, uh, it hit the website around two in the morning. And immediately people started uh, popping off in a positive way. About the clickety clack, click it. Yeah, that's exactly what they were doing. They were typing away at their keyboards and uh, saying, Oh, wow, this is great. Excited for this. And um, as of this recording, it seems to be outpacing the original trailer for Mass State Lottery 
in terms of views and um, comments, likes, and thumbs up, thumbs down. No, th- only two thumbs down so far. Hundred and something likes. Um, yeah, I don't know. You so you've gotten people commenting on on the trailer. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of excitement. A lot of very positive things uh, in Spanish and English. So that's good. I'm gonna get some Spanish captions done for for that, but they're I think like five bucks a second or something. I don't know. I gotta oh, I gotta look Jesus. into this. I told my friends that because uh, one of them was like, "Okay, yeah, this looks cool, but you better put some Spanish subtitles because I have no fucking idea what's happening." <laughs> and I was like, "I'm just gonna do like they do with Russian movies, where it's just one guy doing every voice, and it's just gonna be me playing everyone the dubbing." No, I think that's a great idea. I think you should be in charge of like the Spanish language release of this and just get people to do it doesn't like the script doesn't matter just come up with something brand new yeah something where i'm the hero (laughs) 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 it's it's a 20 minute movie and it's all about just my character yeah driving yeah yeah it's actually drive two in latin america that's the the latin just like alien two in italy was that one movie um yeah, so very exciting stuff. I'm glad that everyone is taking to this version of the trailer. I tried to squeak in everybody, but I really feel like I shortchanged Nick Joroff, who's the third lead of the film, and he's hardly in, he's uh, having trouble breathing in one he's shot, Darth, and it's not Darth, even it's not even Darth his Vadering. actual yeah. <laughs> it's not even his actual breath. I had to uh, have someone dub the breathing in that shot, um, so. But he gets the opening narration. His voice is the first one you hear. Yeah, and then it's what Dalton, right? And then it's Dalton, who I forgot to credit in the um, in the Twitter the tweet, shout out. Yeah. Is he even on on? Is he Twitter even anymore? with us anymore? Is he still breathing? Is he still alive? I hope he's doing all right. He's he kind of disappeared completely, just vanished off the map. I think he went home and uh, hung up the cape. I think Dalton Pruitt is. Uh, Getting a good good rest. Well, his last tweet is from April fifteenth. Oh, that's not a good sign. Yeah, maybe getting a good dirt nap then. I don't know. That's all these, easy. all these, all these stars in the film have been disappearing. <laughs> yeah, everyone that has an actual name is like dead. Yeah, this is the final around. performance of many many actor in Mass State Lottery. Um, not to jinx it or anything, but well. So all right. We're, we're, we're not going to be talking about Mass State Lottery all night. And especially if this is coming out like a month after the fact, you're probably going to be like, all right, yeah, we get it. It's an old trailer now. You're just going to be thinking, if you're the listener on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, what, what are you even talking about? This is old news. What's the deal here? Uh, we're not talking about Mass State Lottery. We're talking about uh, a slightly, uh, you know, something similar to Mass State Lottery in, in size and scope. We're talking about Star Wars. We're talking about The Phantom Menace. We're talking about Episode One, where it all began, right? That's where the magic begins. Dragon Ball, the magic begins. Uh, this movie came out in the year 1999, and it's the first Star Wars anything that we're covering on this show. But for whatever reason, I've been on a bit of a fantasy kick. And, uh, I, I you know, I got a very heavy check from one of my commercial gigs. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do with this money? I'm going to buy every Star Wars movie ever made. And I did. I bought the original trilogy as they were released in theaters. 
and I bought the Ewok movies that nobody has watched. <laughs> Do you have that one to show the bad cover that you posted? I, I don't at the moment. It's uh, in uh, New York City. I left it. I didn't bring it with me to my mom's home to fall asleep next to. But I do have the prequel trilogy here. And this cover is quite ugly. I did order some custom covers for each film in this set. Um, I got the Ewok movies. I got the Clone Wars animated movie from 2008. I've got everything except for the Disney movies. Did you get a Christmas special from eBay or something? I'm going to. I'm going to get the holiday special at some point. But here's the thing. People are so lazy with their cover. Like, there's a guy I found online, and I want to shout him out, but I don't want people to know about him for him to get reported because I saw some bitter Reddit threads. There was a Reddit thread that said, this guy's selling my fan edit. Is there someone I can report about this? And it's like, you took a movie you had nothing to do with and made a fucking edit of it and then put that online. So you're taken out of their pockets, and now you complain about this guy doing the exact same. But yeah what his whole deal is he'll take hard to find movies movies that haven't gotten a proper physical media release like the keep and uh he will do a very professional grade blu-ray authoring with cover art and it'll have like the interior criterion style cover art the disc will have art there will be a booklet uh menu special features and it looks terrific so i got the original trilogy from this guy along with the ewok movies and the keep uh, which is an improvement from the physical copy that I've got currently. And um, I thought, why not? Why not strike while the iron is dead on Star Wars? Because uh, what is there? There's the TV shows, right, that people are kind of excited about, but they're only really excited about The Mandalorian. I mean, people love we won right? <laughs> I mean, that has gotten a better reception, I think, than... I, I, I mean, maybe half of the shows that they've done, but even that's very waffling. It's very lukewarm. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like that franchise is, it's run its course. Um, they need to bring George back somehow to inject some old man life into this. Because I feel like everything is just very unfocused and just very streaming. Mm-hmm. TV show quality, which is not great. I kind of do and, think it is on him to to resurrect this this franchise, right? So, I mean, but I, I don't would he even be interested? I know that they said for a while he was doing set visits, which what does that even mean? <laughs> it's just him getting paid a couple couple thousand dollars to show up to the set and to, feel like, to all right, shake looks great. Hands. Yeah, it's ruining my product. Yeah, so if people can be like, oh, look, it's George. You can be like, hello, and that's it. Yeah, it's just for uh, morale. Yeah. It's uh, like, hi, this is Star Wars, remember? <laughs> because I, after watching this, um, it did feel a little bit long, because it is. But I, I really did enjoy it a lot more than I thought I would. And then the first, I've only, I think I've only seen it once before. And um, I, I, I really enjoyed Jar Jar. <laughs> you enjoyed Jar Jar? Yeah, I thought it was, I don't know. I don't know if it's just that I'm more open to, or I'm so disconnected from caring about this franchise that I was like, all right, it's like a goofy slave character. That's fine. Like, I never hated thing. Jar Jar. See, the only people who had a problem with Jar Jar were already too old for Star Wars. Yeah, I agree with that. And um, I, also, I also really enjoyed the, the race. That was exciting. 
Are you being sincere? I, I mean that, yeah. It, it reminded me of um, uh, Speed Racer, which I also saw recently. Yeah. Uh, where it's just, you know, it's just dumb fun. And uh, that's what I took it for. I, I actually wanted to see more of that. And then, because uh, we are going to do that whole trilogy, right? Then I remember that um, the next one is probably the most joyless one of them all because there's a lot of politics and like romance in it. Mm. Uh, so I guess I just try to enjoy myself with this one. And uh, yeah, the, the race. I, I also, Jake Lloyd was not bad. I don't no. know why, you know, there was a huge thing. He like it almost ruined his life because everyone was hating on him being not Darth Vader as a seven-year-old, which how, I don't understand what they wanted. I guess they wanted him to be evil. As a little little round faced boy being evil, but I I really like him in, in this. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a lot more positive about it after a second watch than I than I was when it came out. On this go around, I think what all right. So full disclosure, I used to love Star Wars when I was about ten years old. Oh, I think Jerry wants to join. He wants to join. Has he watched Phantom Menace? What, tell him we're not doing Civic TV. I mean, he can join <laughs> if he wants. There's a comment here that says, "Let me in." All right, send him the link. Why not? Right. You you got to shoot him the Zoom link. So I'm okay. going to explain my history. Which I guess the special guest tonight is Jerry Jensen, star of Mass State Lottery. How about that? Um, so my history with Star Wars is as follows. Uh, big fan when I was 10 years old because of this movie. I remember seeing all the adverts, um, the very kind of like spooky John Williams score um, trailer to it, which was... Uh, I think dialogueless otherwise and seeing Darth Maul and then you'd have like Taco Bell cups. You'd see uh, all sorts of, it was a massive ad campaign and the posters to these prequels were always gorgeous and done up in a very classic fashion that you, you don't see anymore. Um, and that was my introduction to star Wars. So I saw this in the theater, I think opening day when I was um, eight or nine years old and I loved it, but I especially, as all children did, love the end fight scene. That's what you're really showing up for. That's what you're enduring everything for is that lightsaber battle. And so I proceeded to go to the theater to see the uh, subsequent two films. Yes. Do we have the artist's name who, who did these? Because these are magnificent. Yeah, the, the artist is... Um... Jesus, you really put me in the spot here. Hold on. <laughs> I just found the posters. Uh, uh, no, keep keep talking. I'll All right, yeah. How about I just bring in Jerry while you, you figure that out? Okay. All right, so we have a special impromptu guest for our Star Wars program. We've got, once more, Jerry Jensen, star of Mass State Lottery. How are you doing tonight, Jerry? Hey, guys. How are you? Are you hyped to talk about Star Wars The Phantom Menace? Yeah, I, I am. That's the only reason why I came. I'm like bored. I got nothing to do. And then I saw you guys are talking about Phantom Menace. I said, let me in. Let me in. Fantastic. We were just talking about our history with Star Wars. But I was I was saying my introduction, I think aside from um, Phantom Menace, I, I might have also bought those special editions that came out in, what was it, 97 or 98 that George Lucas uh, touched up and put out on video. So the that was box, the black box uh, ones with the with the gold Star Wars on front or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The VHS pack. I remember that. Mm -hmm. There were a couple of. Um, so he put out a, a version, I think, in the early 90s that had 
you had like the corner of Darth Vader's face, Yoda's face, and a Stormtrooper's face. And then he did, I think, that set that you're talking about in the late 90s where it was sort of like a pattern to it. And it would go black, white, black, white, black, white. And the prequels also followed. And uh, I haven't watched those in a couple of years. I think TNT was getting ready to, um, you know, they, they were banking on that hype around The Last Jedi. So they were replaying the original trilogy and some of the prequels. And I remember watching, it might have been A New Hope, and seeing just how transparent that CG was in there. And it didn't seem that way to me when I was obviously 10 years old and couldn't make out the difference. Uh, and it was just very intrusive. Same problem with THX. Uh, George Lucas went back and edited THX, and there was a you know an abundance of CGI in that film that I was not expecting to see when I turned it on HBO Max for the first time only last year. Drew Struzan is the artist. Strudel? I love a good strudel. Yeah. A good cherry. A, good, a nice cherry warm strudel. That's delicious. But that's like that's like some of the the better promotional art from that period. I think like not to go, you know, not to digress too much, but uh if we look at marketing around that time, besides like Godzilla 2000 and this specific Star Wars, there there wasn't like the big merch pushes where you could get thousand or, you know, uh, a bunch of different art packs and shit. They would usually, you get a few, but this star Wars and like Godzilla 2000, they just had fucking everything. The, the cup toppers from pizza hut and shit. Oh yeah. Godzilla 2000. So that was a, a, a pleasant surprise, but also a bait and switch for me because for whatever reason, I was under the impression that was going to be a sequel to Godzilla 98, the Roland Emmerich film. Cause it was uh -huh. marketed pretty, heavily for a Godzilla movie following that they didn't really make that kind of push for Japanese Godzilla films for Toho Godzilla films mm -hmm. in the U.S. prior to that and it had like a cool Marilyn Manson song or something on the trailer can we just pull that up huh fuck it if we get copyright strike um well this is twitch I don't know maybe it'll just run extra ads I don't it's know been muted <laughs> okay been um, muted for like 10 seconds so yeah I remember that and my uncle went to go take me to see that in the theater and it was just baller it was awesome um yeah uh, so as far as like marketing goes yeah star wars the prequel trilogy especially you know there was kind of this transition into what the standard marketing for a film is now that was occurring during that time in the very late 90s early aughts and uh this is kind of like the last remnant of illustrated posters of uh painted artwork being used to sell a film as opposed to uh photoshopped floating heads which became the standard after that even this they tried to make this look like oh it's a it's a painting no it's actually just a bunch of photoshopped faces Horrible. and it's hideous here i have uh i have a laser disc here where is this i think i've showed it on stream before so much shit uh yeah here we go like on this laser disc of a new hope right very nice very fucking cool like very fucking cool this is from 86 i think is when this one was very fucking cool they don't even use these art anymore whenever they re-release re it they do like on that fucking dvd digital versions of it mm -hmm. i mean th this you wouldn't even know carrie fish is high as fuck on co cocaine when she took the photo <laughs> that they painted from this you couldn't tell I, uh, Skywalker's all buff and shit. Fucking yeah, totally not abs. Mark Hamill at all. It's yeah. more like Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> I got some custom like 50, custom Blu-ray covers made. Um, 
of that original art, but also for Empire Strikes Back. And the one I got for Return of the Jedi was really ugly. And Harrison Ford looks more like Robin Williams in it. He looks fucking stupid as hell. But I got that, too, because oh. it beats whatever's new. Um, so were you introduced to Star Wars before the prequel trilogy? Because we're all around the same age. And that's like the late 90s is really when it popped off again. Yeah, we, I... Uh... I saw Return of the Jedi first, I think. So, like, I had, like, a weird perception of, like, Luke Skywalker being maybe kind of quasi a bad guy, right? Because he's, mm-hmm. like, in black and does all the flips and crazy shit. Uh, and then, like, I didn't even think I saw all of Return of the Jedi. I think I saw, like, half of it. And then my brother took me to see fucking Phantom Menace. And it's, like, so totally different that going back and watching the the original trilogy... Now my opinions changed, but at the time I was like, these three movies fucking suck. The Phantom Menace is Star Wars. Like these guys, <laughs> because those Jedi are fucking cool, right? Like, yeah, all right, all the plot holes and shit, but those Jedi are cool. They're like, they'll use their lightsabers to cut open a fucking door, right? Some dudes being an asshole to Qui-Gon Jinn, and he's just like, I don't fucking care. I'm I'm, I'm over your conversation. I'm here for diplomatic shit. This guy's fucking awesome. And then you go back to Star Wars, and it's Luke Skywalker being a bitch for the first whole fucking movie. <laughs> Yoda, that's nonsensical and annoying. He yeah. could get his entire point across in, like, one sentence, but it's a movie, so it has to kind of drag on. Right. Uh, and genuinely lifting the X-Wing versus, like, uh, you know, when whenever Darth Maul, Qui-Gon, and uh, uh, Obi-Wan are having their fucking three-way fight and shit? That fight scene is cooler than anything Luke ever did with the Force. Hands yeah. down. I completely agree. That fight scene made the movie, for me anyway, when I was a kid. Um, Hans, what about you? Did you start with the original trilogy, or did you start with the prequel trilogy? I started with the Super Nintendo game for Star Wars, and then oh. after that, I I watched the movies. I think they... they uh, one of those uh, Spanish dub reruns... Uh, but I, I didn't really like it, it wasn't a big part of my childhood or anything. Uh, it was more of like a I don't know. I was more interested in cartoons when I was a little boy. So anything that had to do with Star Wars came after you know Phantom Menace came out, uh, and that's when I started kind of paying attention to the franchise, which is probably not the best time to do that. But uh, well, yeah, really was, whenever the Phantom Menace came out, like thirty, I was. Jerry, you're like a year younger than me. <laughs> you know, it's so, one of yes. those things like, did you ever see that meme of like, oh, Alex Jones is 47 years old. Will Wheaton is 48 years old, but he looks like he's like 39, but a bad right. 39. It's one of those right. situations. Hans, it doesn't matter. You could be 26, but you're the yeah. old guy. Okay. Yeah. That's just how it's going to go. That's why we need Cisco in here more so I can make fun of him. That's like the, <laughs> only, person, <laughs> the only person I can make fun of with that. But see, Cisco's role is the hunk, though. Didn't you right. see him with the leather jacket and the swoop yeah. curl, like Superman, like Clark super, Kent? Yes, yeah, super alcoholic. I so love the uh, Olivia Newton-John Grease tribute you put up. That's actually a good segue to one of the better aspects of older Star Wars is, yeah, all right, Ewan McGregor, uh, sexy dude or whatever, and okay, Natalie Portman, when she's an adult, obviously she's hot. <laughs> but for the most part, right, no, 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 when she's an adult... I just want that to be clear. Uh, the rest of it, the cast is just like, like normal, Leon, right? Normal people or <laughs> aliens, right? <clears throat> Anyways, the yeah. Leon poster that you have. I don't want to talk you? about. I don't want to talk about that. I don't. I tell you these things in secret. Anyways, the <laughs> the cast. Um, 
let's say like those first six Star Wars, they're a lot less of the conventional, just sexy person and a lot more of like, these people were clearly cast for the role in some way. Where you get to now, I don't think they cast, what's the the actress uh, that plays Danny? I don't think she did, or plays Ray. I don't think she did like an audition because she can't act. Right, she had to have yeah. clearly just stood there and they looked at her and said, eh, you're, you're attractive, we'll put you in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just like, acting difference is like ridiculous, and then it you you definitely feel like the newer Star Wars stuff, it's like, okay, who can we cast that's a big name versus even uh, all the way through is Revenge of the Sith that was sort of even with like Samuel L. Jackson, you're kind of just getting people that feel like they could fit in the world some way rather than like who's the sexiest guy on TV right now? That's the guy that's in the movie. Right. I think that bend started to happen. Maybe it was with The Last Jedi or, or um, I mean, it might've been the series, but I know that they did try to like put their foot out and um, make a, a stab at uh, trying to emulate that sort of, well, we're taking unknowns with The Force Awakens because the Daisy Ridley uh, actress She's nobody, right? She was nobody during that time. John Boyega was known for Attack the Block, which was kind of a an obscure film in the U.S. up to that point. It was just kind of looked at as like an off-brand, not quite Edgar Wright, but Edgar yeah. Wright-ish yeah, uh, yeah, comedy. Yeah. And uh, Oscar Isaac was not the Oscar Isaac he, he currently is in terms of fame. Uh, he was more just kind of uh, an indie darling in, in the yeah. truest sense where he had a most violent year. And um, he was known as like... Davis? Yeah, inside Lewin Davis, which I think was a year apart from that. And then if you think back, he's like the very, I'm just out of prison, Breaking Bad style character on well, in Drive. drive. Yeah, right. which was is that, not him at all. Was that before Ex Machina? Or yeah. After? Ex Machina and Drive are the same year, aren't they? No, no, no. Ex Machina, I think, is 2015. Drive is 2011 or 2012. Yeah, 2012 and 2014, yeah. Mm-hmm. But so even like uh you know obviously oscar isaac um he's like really talented i genuinely like uh oscar isaac but even in like their extended universe they have pascal pedro i'm not saying he's a bad actor i just don't think they hired pascal pedro for his acting ability no right why do you say his name backwards (laughs) i say his name backwards yeah it's pedro because mexican right don't you guys say it uh yeah it's like japanese people the name is yeah 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 pascal pedro song um, not well, racist. I, I, I feel like the casting was also pretty perfect in the 80s because, uh, you know, Luke is like this very young looking, bright eyed, full of hope, and you believe it in his face. It doesn't feel like he's really acting that much, even though I'm not familiar with uh, what's his name? Uh, Mark Hamill. Mark he's Hamill's the Joker. Girl. That's the best. Right. He was always the best Joker. Everyone always says that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then he played... Who did he play in the Flash series? Uh, the, the Trickster. He was the yeah. best trickster. Everybody says that. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then Han Solo is like this... He's all charisma, and Leia is kind of bland. Um, but but Lando, Lando's perfect. That casting of Lando I don't think Leia is bland, but she's she's spunky or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Dude, but I, I feel like that, that that's more about like the performance that they give instead of, you know, the modern casting like Jerry's saying, where it's just like, mm-hmm. well, which handsome actor that has a thing now or has a, a bit of a following we can get for this. Yeah, I I don't I don't want to like take away from Carrie Fisher too much, like we'll meme on her or whatever. She was not a 
terrible actor. They didn't give the character much to do. Like Leia is sort of just an exposition dump, right? Yeah. Uh, but I I feel like that's the real character. The the thing, and again with the Phantom Menace, um, I feel like that's Qui Gon Jinn. I feel like that's Obi Wan, right? Uh, what's the fucking quad? Not the quad. What's what the fuck they call his name? Sebulba. I feel like oh, I feel like Sebulba is like an alien, right? That stuff feels very much real in the world. When you get to the modern the modern trilogy or quadruply, whatever the fuck it is, every time they show an alien, I whatever every time a new character comes on the screen it's literally just a human it's not special it's not cool it's not like when you finally see Django fett's face and you're like oh that's right. Django fett that's cool we all liked boba fett he didn't do shit right he didn't but do anything the yeah. character was cool it's a we cool mask hour, and a cool ship right we spent an hour and a half following john boyega he gets to the part where the the stormtrooper goes traitor and you're like okay one cool moment and this entire character's art awesome what, you, you don't even... like you don't like it when he's about to sacrifice himself and then the Chinese girl is like, no, we're not. I'm not gonna. Oh, I forgot about it. it. No, forgot you guys know. Like... You guys know I hate Deus Ex Ex Machina and everything. I always say if your character is about to die, you should just kill him. Yeah. You yeah. should never. I I hate it when you take a character to the brink of death uh, with time left on the clock. I hate that. I fucking and, hate that. And but she loved him so much that she saved his lives just so that he could be like, hey, friend. <laughs> afterwards yeah, yeah. <laughs> for him to be like listen i'm gay <laughs> uh do you even consider those disney star wars movies to be uh part of the, the canon it's like star trek right like yeah it's legit whatever you saw is the canon like whatever mm. you saw and liked and remember is the canon i mean people will watch every single episode of star trek but never see the movies people will watch the movies but never see the show or they'll see like half the show and half the movies i i just accept that i've seen them i know they're part of the story it's just the shittiest part of the story right like the yeah. bible the first few books all suck and then you get to the final one where it's like everybody dies this is fucking cool i have to read the rest to get to it but this part fucking rocks right. it's a reverse with star wars i i, I mean i i haven't watched uh what was the last one called the last jedi yeah no uh, yeah no, no not the last jedi is the middle one what was no. the last one called like return of the emperor end game no yeah. uh, <laughs> age of ultron <laughs> yeah what's that's right damn what is it called i can't damn damn indeed uh the Force return Awakens. of skywalker Wait. skywalker's the last Je the rise of skywalker okay yeah. that's what it is the rise of skywalker and that was their quick little 90-minute cap on that to try to fix everything. I think Luke comes back as a ghost and Han comes back as a ghost. I don't know. Yeah, and that's I started when, watching... when someone tells her that, right? You're, yeah, you're... The rise she, of Skywalker. She says... She's like, no. <laughs> she takes the Skywalker name. She right. she cribs it from Luke. Because why? Who knows why? Wait, her, her grandpa's is the it, emperor. Isn't in that one at the end, isn't it uh, Ben Kenobi, Luke and ghost anakin that like are there she's like oh hey i'm a fucking skywalker they're like watching no, over her god happy, dude, does that happen that's happy, that's happy gilmore jerry <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that happens. I no no think no that happens that's the new end and it's also kind of the old end of return of the jedi but he george lucas edited in hayden christensen into return of the jedi which is another reason why oh. i did not buy 
the Disney Blu-ray 4K releases of that. Um, it looks horrible. Hans, pull up that image, please. please. If they did that again for Rise of Skywalker, oh God. I mean, I, I don't know. I think I think I would have heard something about Ewan coming back, or did they do digital Alec Guinness? No, I think they did. Maybe they didn't. Uh, I think I watched the movie and then tried to forget it because it sucked. You just thought up another movie that's the same movie as Return of the Jedi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the scene. This is the scene right out of the movie. So there's Luke right there in the middle. Oh, hold on. It's from, you said The Last Jedi? No. no I mean, The Last Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. So the end of the uh, the original trilogy, which was always my favorite as a kid because there's so much that happens in that film. Although I was never a fan of the Ewoks. The Ewoks got the preliminary Jar Jar hate back in the 80s. Right. Even though they were popular enough to sustain two spinoff films, two of them, and an animated series. All right, we're taking a look at the very end of Return of the Jedi. Play this without sound, just in case, because it'll probably get clipped by YouTube, even if it's unlisted or private. So they're burning... They're burning... Um, Darth Vader. They're, yeah, I guess so. They, I mean, if he was a good guy, shouldn't he take the helmet off? Shouldn't he take all the scary clothing off of him and just give him a no, proper burial? He looks scarier without it. Right. He looks like He's, Mr. Freeze from the 1960s Batman show. This is very long. Hold on. Yeah, I just, just cut to the... Cut to the you got to jump around a little bit. Wait a minute. What's the year on this? 2012? Okay, maybe. Oh, Ugh. Yeah, the Ewoks are doing handstands because his dad is dead. Teacher Pio's in the robot. What What if that was the scene of uh, on what, what's eating Gilbert Grape when they're at the dinner table and they're like, "Oh, where's Dad?" And then Leonardo DiCaprio says, "Go, Dad's dead. Dad's dead." And then some Ewoks come out and they all start dancing. Dad's dead. Dad's dead. There he is. Just Just how I remembered it back in '83. That is Ooh. insane. Yeah, that's normal. I mean, but like this, that kind of tells you a little bit about George Lucas is he probably didn't expect any of the shit that's going on now, right? I mm. genuinely think by the time he did that, he was like, we're not making more fucking Star Wars. Oh, fuck. If we're making Star Wars. It's probably going to be way before any of this shit, like all of the fucking shit scripts that I wrote that nobody wants to buy. He had no idea that somebody would say like, oh yeah, you know what we really fucking need? more of what happens after the empire is cr- like what what no you don't watch what happens after world war ii you watch the world war ii documentary and it ends you you can know but like it doesn't really matter what's happening to that franchise now are they doing another world war ii it's, it's over <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it just tv shows now or it's tv shows the obi-wan series was supposed to be a movie and they decided no 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 Movies aren't really working for us at the moment because I think Solo uh, underperformed far past their their expectations, and they just put the kibosh on everything as far as spinoff movies. So all of those blank a Star Wars story films were pulled from development. This is what? this is apparently everything that's coming. Uh, a TV show of the Diego Andor. Luna character yeah. from from uh, what is that movie called? Rogue One. Yeah. Right, right, right. And Which I, I thought I thought that was pretty good when I went to go see it. I haven't gone back to it since, but I enjoyed 
um, the tone of that film and it being set in the earlier timeline. I like the idea that lightsabers were like dangerous. That was kind of cool. Um, weapons and stuff felt like they were, oh, you don't really want to get shot. You don't want to get hit by a lightsaber or not. They're, they're toys in the rest of the movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now this just looks like, you know, she took him off an office ceiling. I this would have been this would have been better whenever I actually had faith that Rosario Dawson was like showing up on set with the idea that she was going to act and portray a character. She's basically said as much that like she's not really looking to mold herself into characters. She wants to push forth the narrative that's behind the film, not the narrative in the film, but the narrative like behind the film. So she's just going to go in there and be like, "Well, am, am I the strong, powerful woman?" And be like, "Yes." And she goes, "Okay." Is my woman a person of color? Yes. Okay, that's my motivation. And they might even say, like, no, 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 there's more going on with the character. She's going to put her foot down and say, no, my character's a woman and a person of color. Is that's that her why motivation. She, is that why she's doing Clerks 3? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the same deal. So it is the same deal, right? Was, wasn't, that, wasn't that the character? Is that she was a woman oh, yeah, and a person just, of color yeah. and the boss there? And yeah. so it was like, whoa, cool. Yeah. Get a Mexican that owns the restaurant. How well, not even original. No. She just is the manager. manager. Yeah. I, I've seen Mexican managers before. This isn't fucking groundbreaking. Yeah, it's true. But they, a lot of the shit is just like the, the, the idea of kind of stepping up to the saturation concept where they did sort of saturate the market with Star Wars stuff. Then those things die out and they need to fill up like the bowl again everybody expects a full bowl of star wars so they have to pick from the extended universe and they're gonna pick the characters that have the best like in comparison like the best like google data right right and ashoka kano was like popular as shit in the fucking uh clone wars movie or show they've got a few of these shows coming out i thought it was just gonna be the uh diego luna series Skeleton crew, Skeleton crew starring Jude Law. Yeah, as the as well. the new pope. Is that who he's playing? Is <laughs> the new pope the in new space? Um, uh, then you got the acolyte, the acolyte, Ahsoka, and Andor. There's a Lando series. No, I think that's done. That's I, way canceled. Yeah, this. How old is this article? This might not be legit. What is this? Oh, June what do I know? I heard that they were pulling the plug on everything that involves like recasting. So getting a younger actor to play X, Y, or Z character. So I don't know if that Lando show is going to go. But um, I mean, June 22nd is pretty recent. According to Kathleen Kennedy, still in the works, it says oh. in a recent interview. I mean, if you got Donald Glover on contract, I guess you're not yeah. looking to waste that. Um, well, they said he's the holdup, right? He probably is just like, yeah, give me way more money. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need to do this. Give me a lot of money. What did you guys think of those uh, spinoff movies, Solo and Rogue One, if you saw them? Didn't. Yeah, I thought Rogue One had a better tone um, than the other. What it felt, it didn't. I'm not gonna say darker or grittier, but it it felt more um, Zack Snyderish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you could you could kind of say that. Like, it's not actually dark. It's not actually gritty. But in comparison to like the lollipop bullshit that is Star Wars now, it is like there's not a tiny little cute ball that goes meep meep or whatever. 
uh like there's not there's not that shit there's not like baby yoda i didn't see what was it solo um yeah because it was like it's obviously bad you know what i mean like i didn't i haven't i also haven't sucked a dick because i know i don't like it so i like i don't need to try it out the, right. this kind of the thing right <laughs> Right. Yeah. I guess so. The thing with Solo is I, I don't, don't. I don't need to watch it. I can tell it's bad. I watched that on a plane, and it was like a 19-hour plane ride, which is the only. And I cycled through a bunch of other movies, so I was really hitting the bottom of the barrel. And I watched that, and uh, it it held my attention for being on a plane, you know, for 19 hours. So that that's about my critical level of uh, analysis for Solo. Is uh, I didn't think that the Alden. Einreich or whatever, whatever that kid's name is, uh, casting was particularly great. He does a decent Harrison Ford impression, and he's got the look well enough, I guess. But uh, it's not anything all that interesting. And also the Darth Maul cameo in that was fucking ugh, just why leave him dead, just leave, leave him dead. dead. Well, that's the thing. That's why I didn't watch it because it's like you're grabbing a character that's supposed to be all charisma and then you cast this guy most boring guy yeah <laughs> yeah so it's like i don't i don't like you said I don't know who they should have cast as han solo chris tucker yeah <laughs> chris pratt uh but that's why i didn't what and then when what came out i don't know it, n- nothing about that movie sounded appealing it just sounded uh, boring from from the get-go because they fired those two guys who did the 21 jump street uh, yeah. remake film in, in the Lego movie who had they got any Ron sort of, Howard, right? They got Ron Howard, which I'll tell you what, in retrospect, probably a better idea because the kind of energy that they would have brought to it would have just been generic Marvel mm-hmm. energy personality. Haha, quippy characters, haha. energy. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't mind that a boring old man director like Ron Howard was given the ability to helm the solo film, but I mean he's not he would not be in like the top five uh, yeah. for anyone with common sense, I think. It's the, the Da Vinci Codes Ron Howard. That's what I like you, to remember him by. If you change the kind of idea behind the film, not every Star Wars film has to be um, like the hero's journey, right? Mm. Fighting against evil and all this shit. You can, you can change the idea behind the Star Wars movie. If, the, if you'd let Ron Howard come up with an actual war story but in the realm of uh star wars i'm sure it would have been fine but he's got somebody else's everything and has to pick up and take over right so what are you actually going to be able to do running a race that somebody else started for you is you're not going to be able to go near not going to be able to do nearly as much or be as impressive oh all right yeah I agree. Uh, I it just nothing about it. Not not the marketing or anything seemed appealing. And also, like I said, that's like the most charismatic character. And you're gonna get someone that's going to try to do an impression. It's like uh, like trying to remake Ghostbusters and have someone play the Peter Venkman character. You know, who's so right. much a part of who Bill Murray was playing at the time that it would just feel like a cheap impression of that. And just watch the original in that case. You know. No, at 100%. And it is it is somebody doing an impression of a person playing a character, but more right. or less emphasizing what the person is like less than what the character is like. So it's really just watching somebody do Harrison Ford all day. It's not great. 
Also, I remember that there were there were some um, clips that were leaked where the cinematography just looked bad, like it just looked very cheap. Uh, so I, I uh, I'm also by the time that that came out, I was pretty much done with the franchise too altogether. So I was like, I'm going to finish the trilogy because I watched the first and second, so I, I want to see how they end this. But anything else that's like on the side, it's kind of like why. You know, there's no point. We're also not connecting to not. They didn't connect to any others, right? So it was just a one-off that they decided to do because they wanted to milk a character that people like. Well, they they so. ruin a bit of Han Solo too because what's cool. It's not the only thing cool about Han Solo, but one of the cool things about Han Solo is that he's sort of mysterious, right? Yeah. They, they they talk about him doing the the Dagobah run in fucking less than however many parsecs or whatever. You don't know what any of that is. It's mysterious and cool. You know what I mean? And you don't know if any of it is true. Yeah, too, it could be a lie. Like a trickster, right? And yeah, exactly. That's what ends up happening in the movie is you find out that it is a lie and he didn't do it. And it's the robot that fucking piloted the ship through it. And it's like, well, that's kind of boring. Well, you know, that's what I like about the movies when they have a mysterious character that might not be telling the truth. When they just spell it out and explain it. That's it's great. Yeah, right. It's, it's a very, very beginning worthwhile. of the movie where you're like, I don't know if this <laughs> camp counselor is a good guy or not. Oh, never mind. They're doing a satanic ritual and eating a baby. Okay, yep, that's the killer. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Sweet. Great. Now we're gonna pretend that we can't figure this out for ninety minutes, right. and then at the end, it's like, oh, it's the guy all along. How great. could this have happened? <laughs> I'm so surprised. Well, it's very exciting. Think yeah. about like the entrance of Darth Maul. Right. They're at that fucking scene. Um, it's it does it just straight up cuts to Qui-Gon and fucking um Anakin just running in the desert and you're like, what the fuck are they running from? And it's all Darth Maul running like coming up on him hella quick in that ship. <laughs> He's like, quick, get in here. We don't want to fuck with this guy. And then they fucking take off. They don't even fight him. They take off and they're looking down and he's just brooding, staring at them. You know nothing. You don't know the race of this alien. You don't know why it wants to kill them. You don't know what the deal is. It's just the the craziest looking guy that's been in the movie so far, and he looks fucking evil because the red and black combo. And well, I, and, I remember that even before watching the movie, like that was a big part of marketing the, the his face and his face mm-hmm. paint and his little horns and, and you know the the look of the character. Uh, I hated what they did with him uh, and how easy it was for for uh, Obi Wan's little jumpy fighting uh, to kill him, but. I you thought he died easily? He took down one guy before he died. And he didn't even yeah. die. If you want to go with the Disney or the or even, I guess, a this. Cartoon Network canon, because they bring him back for the Clone Wars TV show, uh, he lives. Yeah, he's got robot legs. Uh, I mean, cool. so... The, <laughs> it's Wild Wild West. Better. <laughs> the, final, the final bit of the fight isn't that great, right? Because it is, it is a bad edit, first and foremost, where they don't actually show... The killer being killed because they had three or four different ways they did it and they mm-hmm. just matched a few of the scenes together to get you okay he's dead uh and then you know he falls into the fucking pit and then splits apart that's fucking rad as shit yeah. but i would argue the coolest shit from star wars is almost always lightsaber reveals and darth maul has the fucking single-handed the coolest fucking lightsaber reveal he fucking holds it out and you see the one your brain has already ended the scenario. I know what lightsabers are. It's a single sword. He puts yeah. out the other one. Holy shit! There's two! <laughs> How do you do that? How does that happen? 
oh my god and then he the whole fight scene if you watch it in slow motion horrible right like whoever yeah. was tracking and masking the lightsabers they passed through each other's head a whole bunch and like through their body <laughs> it's terrible but it's so fucking cool in that first moment when you haven't seen it before it's just all this stuff is revealing itself you now know like yeah remember the flips luke skywalker was doing in return of the jedi these motherfuckers can all do that shit and it's cool as fuck and then it's like okay he fell in the pit it's it's done all right, that was not the climax I wanted. Okay, it's fine. It's all right. He's still cool. The idea of like, here's younger Darth Maul, and maybe Han Solo has had an encounter with him. Well, or are, like, you are you saying that that's a better reveal than when uh, Kylo Ren pulled out his and it's like, hey, it's got little blades on the side. Yeah, they kept trying to do like, hey, we, we've got more ideas for what we want to do with the lightsabers. Uh, we're not going to do just the standard one. One's going to have a hook. So they continue it actually with Attack of the Clones. So when you get uh, Count Dooku, also known as Darth uh, Tyrannus or something, something that like might that. just be the extended lore or something. Uh, he's got a, a hooked lightsaber, but the, the end mm -hmm. is hooked. So he's got something, and then um, there's not really a proper bad guy to the third one that isn't Anakin slash Darth Vader. So then you're you're already in the territory you you knew you were in. Um, and I guess oh, they that's did terrible. That Dooku one looks so bad. Let's take a look. I thought it was yeah, cool when I was well, eleven show, years old. Show some of the Star Wars canon lightsabers because they're both mostly fucking lame. Like yeah, this just they hooks to the side a little bit. Like that what? just <laughs> what is like that just what does that do bent yeah it's that that's another thing that happens in my brain with the like any weaponry right is the practicality of it when we talk mm. about sith and jedi we're talking about logical people people that don't just do stuff to do stuff right they have a, a series of steps they want to go through and something that they want to accomplish that's very specific and it's like their lightsaber lore is kind of like, yeah, but isn't this sweet looking, bro? But that on, just dog. looks like that just looks like it would make it more difficult to hit anyone because he's in an angle. So you mm -hmm. have to bend more, or and he's an old man. That doesn't. Yeah, well, that sucks. who is the, the cooler villain? One. Is it is it Count Dooku or is it Darth Maul? Uh, well, Maul Maul is hands down cooler. Dooku is almost cool, but. He gets nice content of Killer Roach. They get less to do. They give him less to do as the movies like go on. Because at first it's like, is this going to be the guy that starts to bleed into Anakin's mind and start having him see the dark side? He's also in control of the fucking forearm guy. What the fuck is that dude? Uh, General Grievous. It's like he's mm -hmm. also in control of this General Grievous guy who's clearly killed a bunch of Jedi. Like this guy could, you know, mysterious fucking cool guy. And then you get to the last one, and he cuts a monologue and gets his head cut off. Yeah, he dies immediately in episode three, right? So in the second yeah, one, wow. not to uh, not to hop into episode two just yet, but from my memory anyway, because I haven't watched Attack of the Clones back yet. This is all the first time I've been watching these Star Wars films in 15 years, probably. I sat down and actually paid attention to it. So I watched Phantom Menace twice, but before I get to that, uh, the big moment of Attack of the Clones is and was supposed to be wow, you're going to see Yoda actually in a lightsaber battle. You never saw that before. You never expected to see that. And who is it against? It's against Count Dooku. By the way, no one ever called him. 
this would have been such an easy jab on the message board. Count Dookie. No one ever called mm-hmm. him that. Hans, I think you yeah. should refer to him as that for the remainder of this show. Yeah. This, I'll say this about that exact line is that would have been in the Star Wars. There would have been a moment where the gang is all together and they say something to the effect of like, oh man, we're going to have to go into the into the the new order base and fight count dooku and the robot would have squeaked and they would have been like you can't say that what did he say he called him count dooku charger charger would have been like oh oh masa masa dooku or something no jar jar was far more dignified than any of these characters uh in the in the newer star wars films i think they open up episode seven with like uh, what does that even mean, Joe? Where a character says something and then someone else goes, what does that even mean? And that's the humor. That's, that's Judd Apatow's humor. humor that's taken yeah. over. What have you done? What What awkward, dude? Bro. I, <laughs> awkward, bro. Um, even, Okay, so on Jar Jar Binks, right? Like, to stay on the first film. Uh, well, obviously, a terrible decision as far as, like, voice direction goes, right? The mm. Misa, Yusa, Isa, yeah. all of the Gungans got fucked. Like that whole concept gets fucked by. I think that's an original George Lucas idea. It's, yeah, it's he's so bad. Kind of accidentally racist all over the place. Like the <laughs> Japanese uh, imperial yes. people that just. <laughs> yeah. It's very like J.K. Rowling doing Jewish bankers for the, the early Harry Potter films. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very similar. Um, but. The right saver, right at the beginning. <laughs> those, those guys, it was just like, I read this because I completely forgot about that. And then I was like, they, they sound a little, hmm, that's a little real. Emb- it's embrace. very Mickey Rooney. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. He got Mickey Rooney out of retirement for these roles. Uh, yeah. So that that's something I immediately took note of in that first like five minutes of, of Star Wars. Um, did you, which, which version of Star Wars The Phantom Menace did you? watch because he did go back to the well and uh do some touch-ups which i noticed because i got the blu-ray here of course but i also have a dvd from 1999 which has uh, quite a few special features on it that that, you know there's documentaries and like behind the scenes footage that dates back to 1994 with him planning a lot of what came of the prequel trilogy like the fact that i believe attack of the clones was the first movie shot entirely on um like hd video or something so it just exists on videotapes the the source files and he would upload that to like a macintosh computer you know remember when you have to go to like computer lab in the late 90s early odds and it'd be like a blue yeah so that that's how they were handling all that that's how that exists in its rawest form which is crazy to me but with phantom menace he wasn't happy with puppet yoda so if you watch the Blu-ray or you watch any HD copy of The Phantom Menace now, that puppet Yoda is gone. And it's the right. same Yoda from episode two and three. I no, watched I... the Disney Plus version. Uh, you have gone. Disney Plus? Uh, <laughs> no kids. <laughs> I'm like, I have it. I have it, but I have two kids. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, look. So I well, I mean, we're I could have to talk about that. The Cantina scene uh, remake that George Lucas de- did, where he added the little ball lady that like sings. It's like a three minute long 
But pull that up, Hans. Pull up the uh, can- Cantina Star Wars Cantina scene Cantina scene remake. Oh, it's horrible, dude. Because it it's is. this woman like she's actually actually singing. The story isn't moving at all. We have cut to a music break. It is horrible. Absolutely horrible. Uh, that's like we probably should have mentioned that earlier. But that's one of the most egregious. Uh, edits I think I've ever seen in any movie because it not only does it add nothing it also looks bad and then beyond those two things it's genuinely a bad song right like the it's an alien language mm-hmm. that also uses notes and tones that you and I don't think are good <laughs> it's good in that language but not in English yeah, I, it makes I, no sense. I remember them pointing that out because there was like an explanation part of one of the original trilogy videos uh, where it was like, and here we enhanced and we went back and we swapped out this person and put in a CG character. It was like a little mini doc on um, what George Lucas had done to those three films. And that was highlighted. And it was so just it, it was it was uh, it was a thorn that was sticking out in that film. Uh, the other thing I noticed was that they went back and replaced, uh, what was it, Jabba the Hutt, who was actually played by a real actor in that first movie. Maybe it was a deleted scene originally. Right. And they just swapped him out with a completely digital counterpart. There's a lot of um, a lot of tinkering that he shouldn't have done but did. And he's probably still tinkering. He's probably tinkering to this day. Is this it? Okay. Uh, Jerry I, I posted a clip it. in the chat. If you, Oh, he did? Yeah. Yeah, I linked it. This is the original Cantina scene where they change fucking Han Solo shooting. And it's that super horrible warp that they do where they actually, they, they masked him out, right? They made multiple layers. They masked out Han Solo. And then like clicked him and dragged him to the left in Photoshop mm-hmm. for the fucking Guido laser to go by. <laughs> okay, let's take a look at this. Hold on. First of all, that character looks like, what is it? The toenail fungus cartoon Lamisil, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you'll notice this. There's no story playing where they're like moving through the bar, talking to each other. It's just this. See, even the part where Boba Fett's like watching, he's just watching. He is also like, I love this. I am here. Some Twi'lek lady. I think she was actually in the movie originally. And then these are all extra. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, this the, yeah. It's just okay. completely. I actually, if I remember right, in the original scene, doesn't uh, something fall down there? You don't see what, and then you just hear them screaming. I think that's what happens. 
I don't know. It's been a minute since I watched Return of the Jedi. I didn't even remember it being that over the top. I did remember it being so uh, sticking out as far as that that film goes. And uh, what did they have the monster doing? What? I I think in the original edit, uh, something we don't. I don't think you see it. Something falls down in the Sarlacc pit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just hear it get eaten by the Sarlacc. I don't think it's that Twi'lek like pulling on the chain while he's like, yeah, come here, lady. This isn't strangely fucking sexual what I'm doing <laughs> right now. This doesn't seem like it's leading to something really weird for a movie. I don't know. He had a bunch of deleted scenes for these. Uh, I think it was mainly uh, Return of the Jedi and for uh, uh, A New Hope. And he just went back and decided to throw them in once the technology, I guess, caught up to what he was thinking about doing. So there's a lot of shit like that where it wasn't in the original cut. And there also just happens to be CG characters. So it's entirely possible that was all excised from whatever came out uh, back in 83 or 82, whenever that that movie dropped. Um, With uh, Phantom Menace, I don't know if I noticed anything that he went back and patched in aside from Yoda. Yoda was just the most glaring one but he fits in kind of seamlessly i don't think you would you would pick up on that necessarily um because it seems right for that era i haven't again i haven't watched the other two subsequent films yet though but i'm I'm curious to see if those have a more digital textured feel compared to this movie which still seems pretty operatic even if the sets are maybe a little flimsy looking or whatever um i don't know when was the last time you had checked out the the prequel trilogy um shit it's probably been like 10 years or so i think whenever i first moved out because i didn't have cable um or like internet i think i just watched whatever i had and i'm pretty sure i have the uh first six um movies like on a hard drive or something like that Mm -hmm. i guess there dude there's actually a fuck ton of changes some of them are just audio changes some of them are individual lines for phantom menace no for all the movies oh for all of them like they changed the audio of the x-wings um i don't <laughs> they changed they changed a bunch of foley yeah i i feel kind of complex about that because on on because i get it i get the compulsion to want to go back and if you can fix certain things that really bother you then you would probably do that like i'm thinking about uh re-releasing a novel I wrote and and had published in 2013 and uh, because it's been out of print my immediate thought is I'm I'm just going to rewrite the whole thing I'm going to read it and I'm going to rewrite the whole thing because I'm a much better writer now than I was when I was 22 years old I'm not going to put it out like that again Um, but for these types of movies that are so iconic to think that that's just going to go I mean I I don't I actually guess he just doesn't give a shit because he continues to do it and there's enough people that have said this is not good this doesn't look good this laser disc came out uh this one that i have is in from 86 i think i said mm-hmm. it says here on it um and it's it's two percent sped up why two percent sped up that's how they had to do it to make it fit on the laser disc so it's two percent oh. faster on all these lasers on all the laser discs it's two percent faster that's horrible that's a horrible way to watch any movie uh, is it only on one? Because aren't you supposed to flip it over or something? Isn't it like the that's original how, DVD? That's how they get. That's how they have to get it on both sides. Mm. And so half of the movie is on one side, half the movie is on the other side. But on both sides, it's two percent faster. 
that's unwatchable. That's that's, that's the type of shit George Lucas does. There's no reason to put anything out on Laserdisc, even when Laserdisc was out. It wasn't like the main market. You can skip it. It's completely fine, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to miss out on any money. Um, and then if somebody says, well, your 124-minute movie can't actually fit on the Laserdisc. We have to split it and put it on both sides. And then we have to speed it up. You would say, well, okay, no. Or, you know, never mind. If you had to ruin the film in order to get it onto the thing, never mind. George Lucas is like, I don't give a fuck. You want to ruin the film? Hell yeah. Stop. <laughs> That's what I've been trying to do. I don't know why I let those other people edit it. I was editing it. I thought it was perfectly bad. They came and made a good version of it, and I was fucking pissed. I've been trying to fuck this thing up for 20 years. Even before the laser disc, I, he did go back and re-edit uh, episode four. So from what I know, and maybe someone can correct me on this if I'm wrong, uh, never said A New Hope, never said episode four, never said any of that shit. That was something that was oh, put out right. in, a, in a re-release in like 79 or 80 when they were already planning the sequel. Mm-hmm. And um, he decided to retcon it as, all right, this is, this is just the first or fourth installment of what will be a series. So uh, he's always had that compulsion to go back and toy with it and try and make it a little more linear with everything that follows. Oh, also the revised Sarlacc pit looks like a vagina. Well, can we, can we take a look at that? How's you want to pull that up real quick? Yeah, look at look up revised Sarlacc pit. Besides the CGI Sarlacc in the middle of it, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure there's an allegorical vagina here. Now, with Phantom Menace, were there any other aspects in a, like a conventional filmmaking sense that either held up or aged better for you? Because I feel like a lot of it probably, if you if you look with a very critical lens, it's you're, it's easy to say it has aged worse, right? That's, the, that's not it. Uh, it's the one straight up from the film. Like it's a downward view of Luke standing on the ledge. Honestly, it's not that big a deal. Is that is that it right there? The before and after right next to it? 2011 Special Edition Blu-ray. Harmy's Despecial... That's what I've got. Harmy's Despecialized Trilogy. Harmy's Despecialized. Oh, there it is. Look right there. The one, the white and black, looks like a shitty old meme. Down two more on the left, left, down. There it is, that one. Yeah, Don't you guys have to have the Patreon.com $5 tier right now to be truly enjoying this up-to-the-minute uh, uh, finding of the Sarlacc. That, uh, <laughs> it looks kind of like a vagina. That one looks like a vagina, too. Right, That's I'm sure George Lucas really thought about that whole intricate internal fucking organ system. <laughs> <laughs> It's like whenever you see those shirts at the Millennium Falcon and it's like all the different components, it's like, fuck no, that they had none of that idea. They had a shape and then they started gluing other shapes onto it until they were like, that's the spaceship. Here we go. Put it in our movie. No, not one person on that fucking set was like, what, what about the flux capacitors? Where are they going to fit? Like the guys are fucking, their whole thing was like, we're going to build a planet sized gun but you could blow it up if you shoot this fucking tiny square. You think that they also made the internal organs of the fucking Sarlacc? I don't think so, dude. It's just some teeth in the dirt, fucking weirdo. 
Wait, you don't think uh, George Lucas is a creative genius that we're just doing all these changes for anything other than making more? He was obsessed with pussy, Hans. He loves Uh, pussy. That's really, it's the meat of it. The pussy. This is the thing is when we talk about like George Lucas, I actually think that he had some really great ideas. I, I do love Star Wars. Those first six movies are for me pretty fucking entertaining regardless Mm. of the many goddamn problems that there are. And I like, you know, uh, imagining the extended universe. I don't like the way the extended universe has been created, right? Like where they tell you, this is how it goes. Here's the canon. I like to have in my head, oh, for thousands of years, the Jedi and the Sith were at war, whatever story I want, right? And that's kind of what's cool about uh, George Lucas is what he wanted to do was set up all of this shit. Like, here's the Jedi. He also had these people like called the Celestials or some shit. Uh, here's the Jedi, here are these other people, here's the world they live in, this is what they do, and I'm just going to pretend, like, I'm going to play with these toys and make movies out of it, and the people can do whatever else. And then, you know, it becomes a successful property, and he's like, fuck, I got to expand on it, because, like, I make a lot of fucking money. And it just keeps going, keeps going, somebody else takes over, keeps going, keeps going, and it ends up becoming, like, a bastardized version of itself uh, later on. But that and people attach themselves to it so much that they have to make up those extra things where they're like, no, dark heaviest. He really existed in fucking 200 years before this. And he had the biggest cock. Like it, it, I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? You know, George Lucas didn't make up the crystals, you know, the lightsabers. He didn't make that up. So you don't think George Lucas came up with the ideas for the hundreds and hundreds of books that are not even close to anything that happens? Are you saying those novels aren't canon, Jerry? (laughs) Well, I mean, he didn't write all of them. Look, every idea. I don't want to talk too much shit about that because I have the Boba Fett series, and I think it's like fucking great. And I'd be like, don't you have a Star Wars tattoo, Jerry? Yeah, I have a Star Wars tattoo. Everybody thinks it's a Hindi tattoo, though. (laughs) (laughs) I I did. I'm guilty of reading one uh, Star Wars book when I was in fourth grade, which is about Anakin Solo, the child of Leia and Han Solo. And he was like a bad guy, but he was conflicted, and he went to the good side in the end. Kylo Ren, isn't it? It's basically Kylo Ren. They took everything from that. Um, I had asked before, do you think that anything in this movie has aged well? Hmm. I like the race. Yeah, the pod race is is always cool. Yeah, I think it looks, the the CGI doesn't look terrible there. Uh, I did notice a lot of unnecessary environment that was bad green screen in this where it just... Well, he didn't go fully in on that just yet. We'll see that when we cover Attack of the Clones. That's when he fully goes into, well, I don't even have to leave Skywalker Ranch. I can just shoot everything in my home. Because they went to Italy and they did Phantom Menace. Like, everything is done on location, even if there's a lot of, like, studio green screen um, for certain shots. So you still have, like, authentic locations with this movie. And I do think, like, the giant spectacle of, of this is, like, a big fantasy epic is still present, and that's mm. in part because of the locations they're using. Well, uh, on the, the pod race, um, specifically, a bunch of the crowd are um, like dowels, like painted dowels on a, on a set, and then fucking copied a bunch of times. And that looks way better than creating maybe 10 individual um, pieces and duplicating them in a crowd on a computer, right? Mm-hmm. Because <clears throat> I don't remember what I was watching recently, um, 
but like a crowd of people. Oh, it was a uh, uh, fuck. What the fuck was it? It was a uh, an Avengers, yeah, an Avengers trailer or something. One of those Marvel movie trailers, and there were people running, and it was like the same ten people or so spread out throughout a crowd. Like you could see, you could oh, see yeah. the same jackets over and I over. Thi- I think it was a new Doctor Some Strange or one or the first Doctor Strange where. You see the same people just running out of frame, and then they change the shot, and he's like, "Oh the yeah, same yeah, yeah." No, that's the end of uh, like Infinity War, I think, is when when uh, Thanos did the snap or something. You see the same guy running, basically in a circle, just doing all sorts of. I have to escape this way. I have to escape, escape that way. This. I'm escaping to the right, and I'm escaping yeah. to the left. Um, really lazy stuff you know we've talked about the decline of movies plenty but it really does feel like a lot of these professionals they've hired just don't know how to make things look good or legit like they used to well i you know we all fall into the um quote-unquote industry standard problem right uh Mm -hmm. i had the same thing with some of the things that make for like gta is i end up doing sort of if I'm like copying a TV show, I end up copying it almost dead perfect. And then when I'm done, I'm like, I fucking hate this. Everybody else is like, ha ha ha, it's funny. But like, I can feel it's soulless and doesn't have my identity in it at all. Right. I, you do have to, you have to take whatever jobs you get. And a lot of people that make films now are getting a call and saying, hey, come to work on Monday. We're making this movie versus having their friend call them. Right. And it's like, hey, it's me, Robert Rodriguez. We're going to Mexico get some fake blood and a handful of screws. I don't know what we're going to do, but we got to make a film. Like that's way different. You know, I'm going to edit it from VHS to VHS. (laughs) (laughs) Um, After, after I go for medical trials for a month and so I can get money to, to uh, make this movie, to afford the film. That's way different than the corporate kind of setting that you're in now where you're more likely to, well, the program copies and duplicates people. I'm going to let this copy and duplicate people, right? And then right. I'll clean up some of the mistakes afterwards. But I got I got a deadline, man, and I get off at 5 p.m., right? Um, that, that you can see everywhere because of the nature of films now. There are so fucking many. There are so many filmmakers and so many studios and so many people involved, so many aspects of it. It's not to say that Phantom Menace didn't have that, but we still have... Um, an old hat at the helm, right? Yeah. In it's 2001, and this motherfucker's got miniatures on set. That's fucking cool. Like, I don't care if your movie sucks. If you're still using puppets and miniatures uh, in the early 2000s, like I give you props because a lot of people didn't. A lot of people didn't give a fuck to. Look how bad Spawn looks. Yeah. And that's before that. You know what I mean? Like, just puppets and miniatures are fucking cool. It's rad that whenever you see those in there, and those those do that. They look out of place now. Like you're like, well, that's a puppet. That's a miniature. But it's so much cooler. Whenever you say like, what about the film holds up to now? I don't like to think of it as like what what is done better as opposed to like what do I like more? And I love the puppets. I love the miniatures. I love whenever an alien looks like the person's looking in its eyes instead of looking at a space. Like I I like yeah. that shit. It's fun. I agree. That's one. Of, that's of- one of the things with with Jar Jar that I really didn't. Or that it, that really bothered me here that they're never looking at him, they're always looking at just above slightly him, off, like, yeah, 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 to the side. Uh, and instead of making him, I guess, bigger, even though he's already the biggest of them all, uh, Obi Wan and, and Qui Gon, Qui, what is his name? Qui Gon Jinn. Qui Gon Jinn. Uh, they're always like 
slightly well, off or the problem, like a head above? The problem with that is that they put Jar Jar's face on top of the actor's head. So you see any of the behind the scenes footage, Jar Jar is already like seven feet tall. So they're looking yeah. a little too high up. But for some reason, that I don't know. They they didn't. They, they do scaled it. him down. They yeah. clearly they clearly scaled him down in post, and they 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 fucked the actors basically. Instead of the editors being like, "Well, the actors had this eye line, we need to maintain this," they said, "Oh, we need to make Jar Jar being shorter because the framing is framing." Right. Yes, they didn't think of the framing when it came to that because it would be all right. Well, now you have Qui Gon Jinn's face at the middle of the screen, and it looks fucking awkward to have this really tall, gangly character. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> as far as like puppets for CG. Even if like CG Yoda blends better and you're looking at puppet Yoda and he's just constantly like this, yeah. no matter what he's saying, he's just, ah, <laughs> okay, great. Um, I still much prefer that. I think it's much more charming. Hans, you've hardly spoken about this Phantom Menace movie. When was the first time you watched it? When, when did you watch it last? And what did you take away on this feeling aside from liking the pod race, which you've said four times as your, your de facto... Uh, my opinion on this movie is I like the pod race. The pod I, race thought is good. The, I thought the Jar Jar world kind of looked like Baz Luhrmann did it. Mm. It was very great Gatsby kind of reminded me of, of that. Uh, I, I uh, like Jerry said, I don't like what they did with those characters. I think the, the way they would speak and they didn't, they never had subtitles or anything. So I could understand like half of what they were saying. Uh, with their backwards, like pig Latin-like language, they had. Right. So that was that was kind of annoying, especially because there's a couple of scenes where they talk a lot, and I'm just sitting there like, ah, I have no fucking idea what's happening. <laughs> uh, so so that was that was the thing. Uh, the sound design of, on the race, I thought, was great too. Everything sounds really good. Uh, I like the the personalization that every little pod has, and how it kind of fits the characters that are writing it. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever played the Nintendo 64 game for that. Oh, the pod really racing N64 game. I forgot about that up until right now, but that was a big game in my yeah, friend's Hell circle. yeah. Hell yeah. We used to play that every day after fucking school. My friend lived right behind campus. And so all of us that weren't allowed to take the bus because we lived too close, we would just walk to his fucking house. And it would be um, four people would play. And then whoever, whoever two were in like farthest back in the fucking... Um, like whoever the worst two in the race would, they'd get dropped out. Two more people would come in. Mm. We would have fucking heated shit over that game, dude. Uh, another, yeah. another thing that I really liked about this is that it, I don't, and I don't remember if, if they do that on the, on the modern ones, but uh, that scene, that underwater scene with the monsters uh, that, uh, you know, when they're leaving Jar Jar's, I guess, what you, realm and there's just uh, a very unrelated very like it doesn't affect any part of the story or anything but it's just like a a couple of minutes of them escaping from underwater monsters that reminded me of those oldie time monster movies with the puppets uh that uh and, and i guess it's a very george lucasy thing because he was into all of that stuff but i don't think they do anything like that with the modern movies anymore and it, it's it's like a nice break from what the story is bringing. It's just like an extra five minutes of they're going through this small adventure with these monsters that we're never going to see again. But it's like a like a, a cool distraction, I thought, that I, I really enjoyed in those five minutes that uh, took me back to like, I don't know, uh, Sinbad or, you know, those those old movies from like the 30s, 40s. Yeah. 
Sorry. Yeah, I, I, uh, you mentioned before that the the sound on this film is really one of the highlights, and I completely agree. I think one of the reasons why this movie was, had generated the excitement that it did is that very dramatic, sweeping John Williams um, score that he provides mm-hmm. for things like the lightsaber battle at the very end and just everything throughout. Uh, the music is really on point with this one. Um, and yeah, I, I echo the same sentiment there. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously the droids are fucking stupid. Um, you, you get, you get used to the Roger Roger thing or whatever. Visually they horribly designed. Um, they just look fucking stupid as hell, but the concept is cool. Right. In that first, in Phantom Menace, whenever fucking, um, Amidala's ta- like fucking palace and shit is like getting taken over. There are all those droids moving around, and there is that score that and it's like really imperial, very heavy. Like, oh fuck, they're getting invaded right now. There's droids all over the place. Those stupid fucking roly poly ones are places. Damn, this shit is throwing down. I never felt that in the like modern ones when the New Order shows up. It's just sort of like because they kind of come to the front gates, right? Mm-hmm. That's the way it is, is they show up to the front gates and it's like, oh no, uh, Hannibal has crossed the Alps, but I didn't get to see him crossing the Alps. Darn. Uh, I'm not watching him storm the castle. I'm not watching him cross the Alps. I'm watching him show up out front. That's fucking lame. Versus like mixing the the um, the foley of the fucking marching, the Imperial fucking hits while there's three different stories going on, right? There's fucking, um, we got to make sure Anakin is safe. Amidala's got to get out of the fucking palace. And also the Jedi are trapped deep inside enemy territory now. And they got to fight their fucking way out. That shit's but cool as fuck. Jerry, there's a scene where Rey has a bunch of rocks and she lifts them. She lifts the rocks. I get it. I get it. She picks the rocks <laughs> up and saves the day. I mean, that is super cool and nowhere near as cool as Queen Amidala letting her fucking clone get blown up or whatever. Not That's not cool. <laughs> No, rocks so people can get out. But that that's like a <laughs> that's you know, we talk about the writing, right? It's not a one to one comparison just because they're both women. Uh they really don't compare, they have different roles to fill. But Amadala, you're like, she's savage as fuck. She will let the person pretending to be her get fucking murdered. She does not care, she does not feel bad, she she knows it's gonna happen. She's like, this bitch is gonna blow up. I'm just, I'm Padme. I ain't even that bitch. I don't know. You know what I mean? That's fucking crazy shit. Where it's like, Ray. oh no, my friends are in danger. I have to help them. Okay, bitch. Oh no, my friends are in danger. I'm going to fly the Millennium Falcon better than anyone ever. Right. (laughs) Even though I've never, yeah. It's the power of friendship, right? That's That's the thing that happens there. Well, you had mentioned before, Jerry, that you uh, are not not a fan of George Lucas. Where was George Lucas at in his career at this point? Because I remember in the 90s, he had some like radio film that bombed and the title is escaping me, but it was like a, a throwback to 1940s radio dramas. Mm-hmm. Um, and that did not perform well. And he was also doing uh, Young Indiana Jones as a TV show with, uh, I think his name is Sean Patrick Flannery from the Boondock Saints as Young Indiana Jones, at least during his yeah. teen years. Young Indiana yeah, Jones Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Radio Land murders in 94. 
uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was right before that, but then he legit did not do anything but Star Wars and then the Crystal Skull through 2008. And then four, fucking Red Tails. Four Red Tails. young Indiana Jones TV movies? Mm-hmm. They, 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 I mean, they, here's the thing about George Lucas is he, he made <laughs> he made four um four really good films with his name directly attached to it that everybody knew right i would say beyond the temple of doom i don't think most people think of george lucas as being associated with indiana jones really i think they pretty much give it to steven spielberg yeah like the average person is just going to give it to steven spielberg um and, and so you you kind of have a guy who's like Writing somebody else's coattails, but also maybe writing a fake version of himself's coattails. Because we have to remember, those first Star Wars are edited not the way he wanted. They aren't the story he's trying to tell. And a bunch of the shit that's in there is shit that he fucking hated, right? So it's like, he's sort of living somebody else's life trying to do a thing. And when he's doing his own shit, it's fucking garbage. It is absolute hot trash, right? Yeah, that George Lucas is an amalgamation of everybody he was working with during that time, including his uh, now ex-wife, who he uh, has just completely stricken from all sorts of Star Wars records uh, as a result of that divorce. So, yeah, I completely agree that, um, you know, the George, he also didn't even direct arguably the best of the original trilogy, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, but he he always has this position of looking over the shoulder of whoever's running the show. And that seems to be what he does best, is he's a great producer. And I know that during this time, he was hyper aware of potentially ruining Star Wars. And he didn't want that, which is ironic because his worst fear kind of came true. But he was like, and there's, there's a behind the scenes video where he's talking to a guy where he's like, listen, we can't fuck this up because it can so easily be ruined and then it ruins everything. It ruins the whole franchise. If we just make one big mistake, because that's what happened with American graffiti. I went and did American graffiti too. Now everybody hates American graffiti It ruined American, but no, like that wasn't lasting. You know, nobody thinks about more American graffiti. They just forget about it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So history kind of corrects itself. If the product is of high, high caliber of high, high standard, uh, but he was very antsy in the lead up as early as like 1994 when they were doing planning and, and tests with characters and molds and uh, still figuring out what the script was. They also did something really cruel, which is they they included all the runners up to Anakin, their audition tapes on the DVD as a special feature. Mm-hmm. It's like all these failures you've never seen once <laughs> as adult actors or teen actors. That's um, horrible. Damn, I didn't know that he produced Mr. Mo. Yeah, he did. Um, that was through so Francis Ford Coppola and um, not Spielberg. Somebody else. Somebody Tom else. Did. Oh wait, no, maybe maybe Coppola did produce that. I think it was Spielberg, Coppola, and Lucas produced that through Isotope and something else. I don't see Spielberg on the on the list, but it's got Coppola, George Lucas, Todd Luddy, Alan Pohl. Uh, Chico Schrader, L- Leonard Schrader, and Mataicho Yamamoto. So this is this is like kind of an important thing to know about George Lucas is he prefers these Japanese period pieces, right? And so I know people will be like, well, he just ripped off Hidden Fortress. And like he did, 
Um, but he can't do what those guys did, not just because the limitations, you know, the limitations they had allowed them to make the types of films they make look the way they do, right? Um, and he doesn't have those limitations, so he could never do those things. It would always, it would always be a significantly higher level of quality, yeah. right? That would never match the actual quality from the the films he's trying to replicate. But when you can't do something and keep trying over and over, it just makes you look like shit. And that's sort of what it is, right? Is is George Lucas consistently trying to make something as close to a Japanese period piece? as he can like an, mm-hmm. an epic japanese period piece and he can't do it and when you get to these star wars like with the phantom menace he's taking his space opera and expanding it you can compare it to things like gundam where there's all these moving parts and there's like all these different narratives going on and he just barely executes them just slightly but the only people that notice them have to watch the film more than once to see it and what people notice is like the backflips and lightsabers. So then the guy's like, no, I tried to craft a narrative and no one gave a fuck, you know? Well, I think that's probably why he goes heavier on the politics and like the internal affairs uh, with the subsequent films. Uh, Now, granted, I think that last one is a bit of a correction because I think Attack of the Clones is very heavy on that up until maybe like the last 20 minutes where it's just a straight war. You mean um, you mean the movie that has a forty-five minute voting scene? And like a <laughs> yeah, it's like C-SPAN. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as the casting goes for Phantom Menace, I know you had stated before, Hans, that Jake Lloyd is not as bad as anyone remembers, which I agree with. Uh, because I mean, look, you have to have low expectations for child actors, yeah. just as the the base there. Uh, what did you think of Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor being cast in these two roles to lead the film? Uh, I, I like Liam Neeson. He's very, I don't know where his career was when when this came out. I'm not, I'm not very familiar with his. So what, he, he became but... famous, I think for Schindler's list in America anyway. And then I don't know what he might've done after that. I know they did a, an adaptation of Les Miserables that he starred in, but what was he doing in the mid to late 90s? What I knew Liam Neeson from, and this is going to be weird, is I was homeschooled, um, like second to fourth grade, mostly, Mm -hmm. and uh, we would get these uh, VHS sets of, like, lessons, and it might be on, like, fucking British history, and in those VHS sets, Liam Neeson was the narrator, and I had no idea right until 2018 2019 something like that i was working on one of the youtube videos i was doing and i was trying to find um old music super old shit that wouldn't have been copywritten so like a history channel's um one-time documentary end credits right and i was gonna chop and screw that and i found this old fucking abraham lincoln used to be a wrestler like fucking one and i'm like this is liam neeson I used to fucking have this shit. What the fuck? And then now I find he do, he still does um, like historical documentary narration con- constantly. He's got he's got a bunch. So that was your introduction to Liam Neeson is yeah. uh, Civil War documentaries for for homeschool. Yeah, he was That's... like my grandpa teaching me about. <laughs> <laughs> he has two hundred and fifty seven credits as himself, and they're almost all documentaries. 
outstanding. I think my introduction to him was just right before this movie in The Haunting, which Spielberg uh, produced that one. That was supposed to be The Haunting of Hill House, and it was going to be a collaboration between him and Stephen King. And then Spielberg was like, eh, I don't, I don't think I want to work with Stephen King. <laughs> and they, they gave it to, I believe it was Jean de Bont, who was the, maybe he was the director of Speed or like a cinematographer on Speed. And he helmed it. And it's kind of, I, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it. It was a standard PG-13 CG-laden horror movie. Owen Hell Wilson gets yeah. decapitated. Hell yeah. He directed Speed and Twister and Speed 2. And uh, Lara Croft's Tomb Raider, the creator of life. Oh, they went from Simon West to oh, to that guy. That's a yeah. big old downgrade. I did watch that original Tomb Raider for the first time a couple of months ago. I was surprised at how entertaining it was. Hell yeah. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll, I want to say this about like the Ewan McGregor, Qui-Gon Jinn kind of combos. They, they have really good chemistry. They're really cool, and it mm. sucks that they have to end that like chemistry so early when they have two more films that they do after that. Like they could have done it halfway through the second film; it yeah. would have been way fucking better. Especially with um, a guy who has no chemistry with you and McGregor, like Hayden Christensen, yeah. at all. Um, and, and it you kind of miss out on the actual growth of the character of Obi Wan because Qui Gon dies so fast, and he has to make such an immediate decision we could like talk about narrative and all that stuff and why that's important but i enjoyed those two i think more than i enjoy any other combination in any of the films that come after before that right like i don't i don't think the luke and um ben kenobi combination is really all that they don't feel like there's an emotional connection to them at all Mm -hmm. it's like really feels like ben kenobi's like i just i I have to do this like i fucked up before it's like yeah. Obligated or whatever, kid. Um, it's even worse Han. on that on that series too. I don't know if you guys watched it, but you watched the a couple episodes of the Obi Wan series, right? Yeah, because Hayden Christensen just looks old and tired. Uh, he did, they don't really do any, or if they did, they did a terrible job of de aging him. So he just looks like a forty year old pretending to be a young Anakin. And it's, didn't Qui Gon come back for that? I. I'm not sure. You didn't well, get to that is, point? No, Just Google Liam work. Neeson, Obi-Wan, Disney, and you'll find out immediately. Let's take a look. I hope it's nice nice and Force-ghosty style, just like Hayden, kind <laughs> of the Jedi. Um, well, this poor Hayden Christensen, dude. He spent a fucking two decades, like, just getting laughed at by Star Wars fans. Must being like, you were a bad actor, and you weren't a good Darth Vader casting in general like not do you think hold on do you think he's bad at anakin or do you think he's just a bad actor in general well, i think he's a bad actor i mean I, I i say that because i don't think these roles are that complicated mm-hmm. and you should be able to execute if you're a, a, a traditionally good i don't you have to be you don't have to be great if you're a traditionally good actor you should be able to execute these characters where the person watching it doesn't think about you right i yeah. don't think about fucking morgan freeman and half the morgan freeman shit and i know he's a great actor or whatever i don't think about samuel L. jackson i don't think about ryan gosling i don't think about those those people i'm worried about their character right now you cannot get past hayden christensen you cannot it never in any of those films is it anything but hayden christensen in a fucking robe being a little bitch but i thought for years that What's the kid's name? 
uh, Jake Lloyd. Mm-hmm. I thought he was Emil Hirsch. And I think we were talking a while ago. And I was like, dog, honestly, I think the kid from Star Wars was good at Into the Wild. I do. Oh my god! It is, no, that's it not real. That's not god. real. Huh? It this is. is no. It's this totally is. This can't real. be real. No, it's real. It's a. It's not a razor fist video. Just saying. Oh my god! I can't believe Star Wars is worse. <laughs> it's real. That's what happened. Oh no! Don't fact check this. Don't fact check this. Just let me have this. It's as you McGregor was very excited about him coming back. But he is there a clip? Can you? He, came uh, back he does older? look older. The beard looks fake. <laughs> the ghost came back older. <laughs> <laughs> He goes aged. Yeah, let me see. Uh, Liam's here with my husband uh, uh, to get the chance to work with Not him. Not quite gone for good. Oof. Fight that guy. I'll fight that guy. <laughs> Who the fuck wrote this, dude? I'm going to see if I can find I might not be able Ooh. to find a clip unless, you know. At first glance, I thought they just took him from like uh, a deleted scene or something and then added it like a transparent overlay, you know, but then you look at his face and it's like, clearly he's a 75 year old man. And that that beard is uh, not legitimate hair. That's fucking uh, uh, something else. Um, I have no interest in watching that Obi-Wan series now. What the fuck did you and McGregor do before besides train spotting? So he was working with Danny Boyle basically the entire time. He did Trainspotting, Shallow Grave, and he was supposed to do The Beach with Danny Boyle. And then Danny Boyle said, "Mm, you know, the last – actually, he did three movies with Boyle. He did A Life Less Ordinary, and that flopped. That was a romantic comedy with Cameron Diaz. had the same kind of energy, but it just Mm. was not very good. And um, he wasn't really super well-known in the United States. He did a couple episodes of, like, ER as a – convenience store robber who gets injured um Hell yeah and he lost out on the beach for leo dicaprio because it's right after titanic and even if you're danny boyle's boy he's he's got to go with whoever fox 25 is gonna be like if you can get leo dicaprio you go with leo dicaprio so there was a falling out there and he took star wars instead so uh that's what he was up to in right. the 1990s prior to this good pick say i saved it he fucking good pick. All right, fair enough. It did work out for him in the end. The beach flopped. A lot of people don't like the beach. I haven't watched it in a while, um, but that was not one that performed well for 20th Century Fox. Uh, this movie, however, well, it kept his career afloat for the next decade. Okay, all right. I don't, so I don't know I, the beach is supposed to do well. It's just supposed to show off Leonardo DiCaprio without a shirt. Go ahead. I just saw a description of what happened. So it says. Um, there's a scene that implies that Yoda taught uh, Qui-Gon, uh, Qui- I can't say his name, uh, in training practice that would eventually allow Obi-Wan to commune with his former master for further training. In Obi-Wan Kenobi, it seems that practice has not been been, ah, been made perfect until the very end of the show's finale. I was always here, Obi-Wan. You just were not ready to see it. He tells Obi-Wan on the sands of Tatooine. He's not specific about what has changed in Obi-Wan, but given that the younger Jedi just came off a confrontation with Darth Vader, in which he finally had it drilled into his head that he's not solely responsible for Anakin's turn to the dark side, that seems like the show message. So this screenshot is... So he's not accountable he's for his poor teachings, is what you're saying? Right. Is they undo right. the fact that he's responsible for Anakin becoming a piece of shit? Because you know right. what it sounds like? It sounds like... 
you know, he so he he gets further lessons from dead Qui-Gon Jinn after he already failed at an apprentice. It sounds like a guy who like, all right, well, here's my practice family. Now I'm going to move on to my, <laughs> my, my real family. family. Now that it's been 20 years. Yeah. Time to get divorced. Mm-hmm. So, all right, yeah. play the clip, Hans. I didn't mean to. Uh... I, no, there's no clip. I couldn't find the clip. It's just that image. Yeah. Because I guess Disney won't allow So he showed up for a day and they put um, the fake beard on him. They, they glued that on. They said, just stand still. We're going to shoot you in front of the green screen. You're going to be a big character on this Obi-Wan series. And that's what we got. Yeah. Great. A couple of seconds of him. I love Disney. <laughs> cool. I'm glad that was the big epic return of Qui-Gon Jinn. Because he can't just it's leave the character a, dead. It's not even like make a toy worthy or or there's no merch that you can make behind it. It's legit just like, eh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you don't even, because you're not really selling Star Wars to that audience as much anymore. I think before it was pretty... Like 70, 30, your audience, your, your, who you're going to make money from is going to be like 10-year-old boys. 10-year-old boys are going to buy the action figures, the plushies, the bed sheets, all this and that. Now, you just have to dangle, hey, remember Billy D. Williams? There you go, 37-year-old <laughs> man. Please give us $18. Great. Okay. Money, that's, please. That's it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think kind of the the progression from like the Phantom Menace to what we have now, it seems obvious in retrospect, right? Because it was like we were saying a toy saturated market marketing saturated fucking concept. We we're going to put out something that's marketed star Wars, everything. We don't give a fuck. You can, you can get it anywhere. Um, but I feel like having somebody who, like I said before, kind of made films, in the 80s and 90s gives more uh, like quote unquote charm to the film versus now where we know it's all political, it's not political, it's all uh, like corporate made, right? There's there's focus groups and I want you to hit this beat and this beat and this beat and I got characters and these characters got to hit this beat and I got to see somebody's, uh, you know, bare chest a couple of seconds. I want a bad guy. I want the color red. Look, Nazis is bad. Put some Nazi stuff so because everybody's gonna think like, are these the bad guys? They're wearing white. I don't know. Is this Harvey Weinstein Star Wars you're yeah, reciting yeah, to us? Yeah, this is me. Usually, uh, usually here at my studio, every the bad guy wears black. These guys are wearing white. What are we gonna do? I got an idea. We're gonna make them look like Nazis. Everybody hates Nazis. Put that in the film. And you know, there's no like, there's no. Uh, hey, I have an idea for a film. What should we do? And you can you can feel that in each of these Star Wars films that it is just a corporate fucking get this out, get it done, get the next one there. Say some names so that you know we can see who trends and we can see which characters we need to make another movie about or another TV show about. A waste of time. That we should have stopped at the Phantom Menace because the Phantom Menace is like genuinely good for all of its flaws and shit. The Phantom Menace is a watchable film. That you'll be like, okay, yeah, I mean, all right, those characters are fine, whatever. Yeah, right. I completely agree. I think this is a great fantasy kids film, mm-hmm. and that might be the main difference, I guess, between the the first three, which are also just the same thing. But um, that maybe was geared toward a, a more mature audience or something, I guess. Although the themes in this one are, are maybe more 
I don't want to say intellectual, but they're more intellectually refined, probably because you have to have an understanding of, of politics to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know. I think uh, this is on par with something like the never ending story. Uh, and it, it serves its purpose in that, that way. I can understand if you're like a 30 year old man in 1999, you're like, finally, Star Wars is back. I've been waiting. What was it? 17 years for this. Uh, and then you get Jar Jar Binks and Jake Lloyd and all the kids stuff then you're going to be disappointed. But that was always the base. That was always who that was meant for. So right. uh, I don't know. Watching it now with um, those goggles on, I think it's a good movie. I think it's enjoyable. And uh, it's certainly not the worst Star Wars movie, which it was dubbed for quite a while by mm-hmm. message board geeks. Mm-hmm. I think that the next one in the trilogy is probably the worst one. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That was my favorite of the prequel trilogy when I was just oh. a young boy. Wow. Yeah, I, well, I I think of the tri- of the that trilogy, um, Attack of the Clones. While there's some cool shit in there, okay, uh, it's pretty bad. It's pretty hard to watch now. Like General Grievous, cool, right? Um, uh, Django Fett stuff, fine. Um, anything to do with uh, uh, Anakin tracking that fucking bounty hunter. Uh, when they're on that one city or whatever, that's just not good. Um, the quibs between like fucking uh, Obi Wan and Anakin, where they're like, "Huh, remember when we stopped the spider snake on Quib Quash that one time? <laughs> oh, you almost let me die there." <laughs> I fucking hate that. I'll choke those guys to death. <laughs> and then, like we said, the after that uh revenge of the sith you do get more um you know it's a little darker they cut a guy's head off finally a lightsaber hurts somebody right that that doesn't happen a whole lot um well that was big because for the first time there was a star wars movie that was pg-13 Ooh, ooh, that's a ramp up even though like really if you if you just show the lights it doesn't make sense to have swords in a movie where the swords don't really do anything Mm -hmm. but you know finally they do and it's like okay um, but w- watching the Phantom Menace, especially in comparison to the way things are in the Star Wars now, um, it's like what would you say? Like it, it's fun, right? There's yeah. the lightsaber battles; they're goofy as shit, and that's so funny. The new ones, they take themselves so seriously, and it just looks like two people fencing practice. Okay, yeah, it's 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 too choreographed, it's too, especially uh. That, I guess that that scene that became famous for how bad it was when they're in like that red room or with those red soldiers and everything is just like a dance, but it's not even like a fun um, Schumacher Batman on ice dance. Uh, it's more of a, oh, this just looks over rehearsed and it doesn't feel like anyone's in any danger. Like everyone's just avoiding each other, very you know rehearsed and and just. As much as I don't like Obi-Wan's jumpy fighting in this one, uh, which was, I thought it was very goofy, especially fighting against the creepiest-looking villain uh, that the whole movie has, I enjoyed that a lot more because it it felt a little sloppy and a little more... I don't want to say realistic because that would be dumb, but more on par with this guy that's not a master yet who's still kind of learning as opposed to, you know, Kylo Ren, who's like this killing machine and like, or Ray, mm-hmm. who's another one that's just like impossible to stop or whatever. Like th- this one felt a little more 
honest or more i don't know what word to say that's not realistic because it's not well, realistic well but you know what the, I mean. the end fight here has actual drama and stakes yeah. to it especially when qui-gon's murdered by darth maul like it has that weight to it even if it's not as well uh put together well edited and choreographed as some of the newer things but also there's a certain expectation in place with anything that's disney related which is someone will get it like a, a you know uh, a life-threatening injury and still survive or they'll come back right and that mm-hmm. i guess was a complaint with the obi-wan series is a bunch of characters got like literally stabbed in the chest with a lightsaber and just was fine they were bad. fine kills yeah. qui-gon kills plenty of people but if you're under the disney banner you're, you're safe right right i mean there, there's like there's a bunch of nerdy stuff that you could say about Star Wars, like in defense of the modern films or whatever. You could say like uh, they always constructed the lightsaber fights to be um, the Jedi are focusing on like trying to cut somebody's hand off most of the time, right? Just like disarming them, and the Sith are frequently focused on trying to just full on kill you. And you can see that in the choreography and they carry that over into the new films. There's stuff to like, you can defend those things. What what you really can't get with those new films is legitimately just that like playfulness of things. And yeah. not, not in the banter because there's plenty of banter. There's plenty of the little robot that squeaks. There's plenty of the <laughs> shucks that that wouldn't happen to you. <laughs> Remember that, you know, there's plenty of that shit. Well, the whole John Boyega character is that. Right. Right, it's just banter, and he's mm-hmm. oh, he's a stormtrooper, but he's goofy. He's so witty. It's uh-huh. just it takes it. it it's a, a movie that should be for let's not say children, younger people that takes itself way too serious, but at the same time is really dumb. So if it's for adults, it's too dumb for that. But at the same time, it doesn't have it doesn't seem like it has any fun or, or wants to have any fun with itself. So then it's just who is this movie for? Other than I guess dorks that would consume anything that has the Star Wars banner on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I mean, Phantom Menace is pretty tonally inconsistent in, in a certain way where it does jump between the two extremes of goofy and hyper serious, but it at least has like an an identity to itself. Um using those two uh polar opposite ends well uh, i don't know i i haven't watched any of the more disney related star wars i haven't seen anything with baby yoda in it i'm sure baby yoda has some adorable quips some goo goo gagas that really wowed children and women and you hans probably uh, i i don't know uh, i'm sure it's great i'm sure it's wonderful i can't wait to watch mandalorian 3 with Gina Carano and uh, Tucker Carlson and yeah, Bill Burr, <laughs> the whole Bilber. gang, my favorite Jedi's. That actually, that first season of The Mandalorian, totally watchable. It's a western. It's totally mm-hmm. watchable. Uh, you don't have to care about Star Wars at all. You don't have to know about Star Wars. It's a western. It's fine. But um, that's the thing. It felt like like they just wanted to do a small small show, right? So without, and I don't know if they were planning multiple seasons with it, but the first season is very well contained within itself, and it's it feels like a small production of just people that really wanted to tell the story. I don't know what they did with the rest because I only saw the the first season, but as just by itself, it works for that reason because it's not thinking or it doesn't feel like it's thinking of well this character that has a couple of lines is going to have its own TV show. So 
we're going to pretend that he's bigger than what he actually is. But instead, it's just, you know, he, he doesn't even show his face until the end, I believe, uh, when he removes his helmet and he barely speaks uh, the main character. So uh, it works because it's like the opposite of what they're doing with the movies. Uh, I don't know if they ruined that with the other seasons, but I, I really enjoyed the first one just because of that. Cause it, it, it felt like a... Like an old time, you know, contained story uh, that uh, it continues the story throughout the episodes, but each episode has like its own little beginning, middle, end that works by itself. By the way, not really related, but kind of related. But I went to go see Bill Burr perform live recently, and my God, I mean, that was a packed stadium, but there were so many fucking Star Wars shirts in that audience. I couldn't believe it. That's his audience now, I guess. That is his audience. And it, you know, it's like an okay spot um, in the show. But I completely forgot he was in it. Like, just as soon as he's off the screen, I'm not like, what happened to that character? Go back to that character. Oh, yeah, that character. It's just like a guy. Yeah. They should get Stavros to play Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> That's what I think. Stavros Halkius of the now dead Cumtown. Isn't Benny Safty in Obi Wan, Hans? Uh, probably. Probably. What do you mean, probably? Because he looks like a monster. <laughs> Isn't he your your buddy? Isn't he your friend? Buddy. Yeah. I like buddy. Uh, all right. <laughs> you know, listen. I think you know we're it's we're nice way to weasel out of that. One. Well, past two hours here. Um, is there anything else to say about Star Wars: The Phantom Menace before we put a cap on the episode? It's not the worst. And what is? Fun. Hold on. Hold on. Jerry, what is the worst Star Wars? And then Hans, I want to hear what you think is the worst Star Wars from your recollection. The worst one I saw was The Last Jedi. Is that the... Uh, yes, I was going to say that. What if we second. remove the Disney component? What if we, all the Disney films and properties are void? So we're back in, what was it, 2016, 2015, when... Right probably before they bought it, fifteen. Probably just Attack of the Clones. Then I would Attack say Attack of the Clones. Yeah, yeah. It's like the hardest one to get through out of the six before, out of all six of them. What about out of the spinoffs? I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I couldn't say. You guys haven't seen uh, Clone Wars animated, or oh, well, um, no, Clone uh, Clone Wars is good. The first like maybe four, I think like four seasons of that is actually pretty good. I've heard that's a great show, but I'm talking about the 2008 movie, theatrical movie. Oh, no, I couldn't tell you. So you just want us to pick the worst of the Blu-rays that you purchased. That's right. Yes, I want to know (laughs) what's the same for the last. (laughs) Yeah. I will be watching Attack of the Clones uh, probably this evening, because why not? Yeah, I don't know. You don't know? Good answer. Yeah. I would say Attack of the Clones is the worst. You're just copying Jerry. That's not. Yeah, I, I said, said that, that before. Honestly. I said no, that like half an hour ago. I think I said it first. <laughs> yeah. So Return of the Jedi is the worst one because of the Ewoks. Is that, <laughs> is, is that, is that, is that popular? Is that I think, popular I think it's because the... uh, Mark Hamill's ugliest in that film. His mole his has really developed. Smashed. Yeah. That's, that's when he that's... came back from the car accident. Yeah. His face is all fucking ruined. So. Yeah, I agree. I think that one's pretty bad. We, that's what we watched on the show tonight, right? That's Return of the Jedi is with the singing musician, the yeah. solo. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all terrible. Well, 
Uh, that's for movie. That's for movies. For the I like Phantom Menace. I thought it was pretty good. I think you should watch it with uh, your children if you have any. If you're listening at home or watching us live on Twitch, Hans, did we get any commenters, any chatters tonight as we're live on Twitch? I haven't I seen it re- once. I had to refresh, so I lost everything. So uh, we just got Spencer right now saying I didn't even get a notice for this. So that's good. <laughs> that's it. That's all I can see. That's how many fault, how many Spencer. live viewers do we have? Actually, don't even say. Don't read, that, don't out don't read that out loud. We have hundreds. We have hundreds. There's so many people here. <laughs> Hans, is it? Uh, why, don't, why don't you just click on your keyboard? We'll be able to know from how many times you have to click. Can you hear that? Oh yeah! Whoa, uh, a thousand. That's record breaking numbers. Yeah, it's because we use Star Wars. About scat or something? I don't know. Something about a scat alien. No, that's not in Star Wars. Scat, but not that type of scat. Like not singing scat. Oh, the blues, blues can. alien. Right. Well, yeah, we watched that. We watched that already. Yeah, we did watch yeah. the blues alien. How about this? How about th- this? Is a controversial subject. This will get us the viewers. Who shot first? Was it Greedo or or Han Solo? Hans. Hans Solo. Uh, wow. It took the entire show for someone to say that. John Wilkes Booth. That's, that's who shot. <laughs> that's, His name is, that's my favorite Jedi. <laughs> wow. No answer. He had to mute for, for a pause to drink from the jug. Just nervous that's water just, drinking. Right, well, it, it's, just a, it's just a thing people said because they had like George Lucas changing it, but it was Han that shot first and then Later on, it became Greedo. That's the right answer. That's why you were correct before in that. Whatever canon you want to be canon is the canon. Because at any point in time, it could change so long as George Lucas is alive. You know, that's the thing I want to bring up is what George Lucas is actually doing is fucking memory-holing people. Because if you don't actually know, like, my fucking dad doesn't know George Lucas went and changed some shit, right? He's in his 70s. He had heart surgery today. He could, in like three or four days, be like, man, I want to sit down and watch some fucking Star Wars. Like, you know, when I was fucking younger, when I had my first kid, I'm going to sit down and watch some Star Wars for the last time before I die or some shit. He's going to put it on, and it's going to have that fucking talking fat fucking ball, and he's going to do this thing where he's like, I don't fucking remember this being in the movie. What the fuck is going on? (laughs) And then he's going to be like, is this me getting old? Is this a medical problem? I'm already doing that. Dude, memory holding holding is actually fucking terrible. Like that, that's a question of ethics that you should fucking have in your movie production company is, do you want to create what is effectively different timelines for people, a Mandela effect for people? Because imagine if you just change the name of the Berenstein Bears and then reproduce those books and then people saw that and they're like, wait a minute, I remembering it being the thing. And then they can find evidence of that. They're going to be fucked up. They're yeah. going to be fucked up for it. Well, they're going to be like, dude, I knew I was right. What's going on? I knew those bears were Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he already kind of did that with like, hold on a minute. Obi-Wan Kenobi. I thought it was Ben Kenobi. I like Ben. Ben was mm-hmm. always my favorite. Now he's Obi. Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. What is it? What is that? Now he decided to do all, all these weird names. You should just be Ben Luke. Yeah. Will, Michael, Skywalker. Johnny. Well, that, yeah. you know, that's really just because he didn't have the world fleshed out the way the way that you 
think somebody should, right? Right. Like that's, he should have just committed to the to the incest with Luke and Leia, and not backed off on that. I think I think he that should have leaned just into it. Yeah, why not? That's how Dexter did it. Dexter Hell season yeah. six, they were just like, ah, we don't have any like killers left. Why don't we just have his sister f- suck his dick? I don't know. Um, yeah, that would have been good. Wait, what have been very? That? I need to watch that. Uh, <laughs> what was it? Modern Family Oz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big Bang Theory. No, I want to actually. I do want to say this about Phantom Menace compared to the other ones. Before we do sign out, is uh, there's such a technological difference in what like 20 years before or 30 years before uh a new hope happens from like fucking the phantom menace the spaceships the technology everywhere is like way more advanced than what's supposed to be around 20 years 30 years later uh on like the fucking death star the death star is like the most technologically fucking advanced place and its doors are fucking way shittier than the doors that they would just have they have like super locks and shit that only a jedi's lightsaber can stab through in the phantom menace 30 years later they're just like i don't know what the doors are like this wide and they just open on their own i don't know fuck it fuck it it's like watching star trek whenever you watch a star trek prequel and they're they're using a regular monitor you're like wait a minute i remember star trek they were looking at green and yellow lights and being like (laughs) we have too many photons You have a Hura pretending she can read the Christmas lights or on her supposed keyboard. Exactly. Versus like this is a thousand years later. There's a guy at fucking regular VR like translating shit back in real time on a fucking plasma screen, touch screen, Google glasses. Well, Well, again, because George Lucas is retarded. That's just part of the charm. That's how I like to look at it. Oh, that's what made the Phantom Menace special is... uh, you know, what was it? Watto. Watto's nice. Watto. Watto's cool. Hans, pull up a picture of Watto before we close Watto? out the show. Remember Watto? He's a kind of Jewish. He's another racist stereotype Very. from George Lucas. The merchant. Very. I think he's doing oh, this yeah, at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. He's like, how much can I get for this little boy? <laughs> yeah, so there <laughs> he is with his, his nose. Even. Look at that nose. And his Fish hat that definitely isn't a keeper. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely isn't. See how much bigger it is? I mean, the Jews, they only wear one that's like little on their head. This guy is bigger. <laughs> I'm not being racist. But the guy that wants to ride currency because your money is not valid? He only likes gold? Oh, he only likes the... gold and jewels? It they should bring him hands. back. Where's his Disney Plus series? <laughs> Walt would have loved him. <laughs> wow uh phantom menace i would i give it a light recommend i'll probably give it a two and a half stars maybe a light three stars on letterbox later today which uh would be higher than the ewok sequel battle for endor or battle of endor which yeah for for an ewok movie starts off with a little girl's family being murdered in the first 10 minutes i couldn't believe it including the principal from the breakfast club the asshole who hits Judd Nelson in the face. That guy dies. He gives an inspirational speech and dies. Then Wilfred Brimley's in it. And he's like, I'll take care of you, little girl. And that's the movie. I don't know that I want to watch a movie that's like a major part of it. Yeah, that was the real return of Star Wars, the real continuation of Return of the Jedi. Those are episodes seven and eight as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> that's the canon. The canon yeah. is whatever you want it to be. <laughs> that's right. 
That's right. That's the real lesson here. The real takeaway. The most informal thing said is uh, it's kind of pointless to be invested in trying to follow whatever the corporate mandated uh, timeline of events is because you're just going to either turn yourself retarded or uh, schizophrenic. Yep. So uh, that has been movies for this week. Go check out the trailer to Mass State Lottery on YouTube. Brand new. Um, we are currently outpacing the original trailer last I checked, which is very exciting. Everybody seems to be vibing it. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you go and check it out and you vibe it as well. Um, any final thoughts from you two gentlemen? Yeah, um, you know, fucking no. spay and neuter your cats. Uh, no, and on, just like I said, like the Phantom Menace, it's a fun movie, right? It's not supposed to be I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say it's not supposed to be. That's incorrect. It's just one of those things. You just watch it and uh, enjoy it because it's kind of stupid and that's funny. Yeah, uh, I just want to say that I said that earlier. So what Jerry okay, just Hans, said. Hans is always just copying me. The whole show. Hans, you got to form your own opinions on me. These are like important moves. Isn't this in like the Library of Congress or something? You've got to look, it's important. You can't just have someone uh, regale their memory of citizen Kane and tell you why it's important. Then you say the same exact thing. That's all this episode was. You can't just retweet me and be like, that's what I think. Yeah. So that's what I think. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's been movies for this week. Thank you for listening.